Well, good morning, Cross Point Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing well? It is good to see you here this morning. It's so exciting to, uh, to just be able to worship with you and, and each and every week. And I tell you, it's an exciting day today as we, uh, we have a, a bunch of our students down front in a, in a white T-shirt. They have been experiencing uh, what we call M Now Weekend, or uh, it really stands for Missions Now, and it's, it's an opportunity for them to, to really understand what Christ's plan for their life in, in the area of serving or doing missions in our church, in our city, in our world. So they've been just actively having a great time yesterday. I've heard a lot about what God's doing in their life. And, and, uh, and I know that what we have here today is just our, our high schoolers, I think is, is right. So could I have you guys and anybody who's leading in this weekend with them, would y'all just stand and let's just celebrate what God's doing in your life here this week. I tell you, it's so exciting. And... Um, this, this group here was, was actually serving during our first service, and all the middle schoolers were in here. Y'all can sit down. Y'all have to stand the rest of the service. Uh, but the, uh, the middle schoolers were in here, and I, I think they all sat on this side. I don't know what that means, but uh, they were all on this side. And, and it was just a great, uh, great time this morning just seeing and hearing from, from them, so many of them, and, and, and what they're experiencing over the last couple of weeks. I tell you, I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing in the life of the church uh, we are just a, a few weeks away from wrapping up this series that we've been going through called Synergy, where we talk about the church coming together and accomplishing more than it could ever accomplish uh, as, as individuals, than we could ever accomplish as individuals. And so we're wrapping up this series, but we have seen God do some incredible things in, in the last few weeks of this series. We have had over 50 people in the last seven weeks give their life to the Lord. Can we just celebrate Jesus for that? Over 50 people have given their life to the Lord. I know we've had over 20 baptisms. We've had people joining life groups that have never been a part of life group. And we've also had several life groups start just during this time as well. And so God's still moving in incredible ways. It's so exciting to see all these things taking place. And, and, uh, and I'm excited about the message this morning as we continue in this series. So I want to pray and just offer a a prayer of thanksgiving to God, and, um, and then we're going to dive into his word and see what he has in store for us. So pray with me, if you will. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, God, for your presence in our life, and Father, how you continue to lead us and guide us as children of God to participate in your kingdom, in your kingdom's work. Father, how wonderful it is to, to be able to serve and what an honor and a privilege it is to be used as instruments in your hands, God, as we go out into the community to proclaim and put on display the gospel message of Jesus. And Father, today we are gathered in this place to, to bring glory to your name, to worship you in spirit and truth, to hear from you through the reading and preaching of your word. And I pray, Father, that as we do that, God, that you would speak deeply in our hearts, that you would stir our very souls, that, God, we would be encouraged by your presence and, and Lord, led by your spirit. And Father, I pray that as we dive into your word, God, that you would help us to understand everything that you desire to teach us today. God, we recognize that worship is about you. It's not about us. Worship is about what you want to do in these moments. And so, Father, we invite you to come into our life and to meet us in this place and to teach us 
God, that we may leave this place knowing more about who you are and worshiping you more in everything that we do. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Back in 1999, I was serving as a, as a youth pastor, and I know that's going back quite a few years. I've got a few years that I can go back, you know, but, but the reality is I was serving as a youth pastor, and uh, I was sort of new in youth ministry. Uh, I was just really getting started in, in that capacity, and, and I remember during that time, one of the Christian bands that came out, contemporary music has really changed a lot in the last 20 years or so, but but I remember one of the bands that came out, and I, know, and I realize I'm going old school on you for just a moment, but it was a band called Audio Adrenaline. And they had, yeah, some of you are old enough to remember them. And so anyway, it's, uh, it, it was a band called Audio Adrenaline, and, and uh, I tell you, they had some really good music for the day, and, and it was really powerful. But they came out with this album called Underdog. And the reason that they had titled this album Underdog was because for so many Christians, we seem to pursue life or to do the things that we feel that we're called to do, feeling sort of like the underdog, when in fact, it should be just the opposite when we recognize that we have been empowered by a Holy Spirit who is mightier than anything of this world and, and that we should be able to go out into the world understanding that that we have received the, the power of God to go with us. And in fact, we're not underdogs at all, are we? And so this reality, that uh, this, this album that they put out called Underdog, they, they had a lot of good songs on there, but one of those songs was called the Hands, it was called Hands and Feet. And it was, it was really talking about us as the church being the hands and feet of Christ. That's what these students have been learning about this week. And uh, that's what an M now is all about. Uh, M now stands for missions now, and it's it's one of those things where we have this opportunity to to put on display through our student ministry the gospel of Christ by going out into our church and into our world and 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 serving others in the name of Jesus. And so, in this album, they were talking about hands and feet, or being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I love one of the lyrics that, that they had in that song, because it was really powerful, it, it went something like this. It said, I'll try to touch the world like you have touched me. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment. Most of us in this room here this morning would, would recognize that Jesus Christ is our everything. That's why we got up and came in here this morning to worship him, to to, to proclaim his name, to give glory to God. We would, we would say as believers in Christ Jesus that we recognize Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior. He is, he is our hope. He is our, our, our eternity. And so we would, we would praise Jesus Christ. We would say as children of God that we have been touched by a holy and righteous God and that God has transformed our hearts, that he has changed who we are, and that, that, that this is a, a great blessing in our life. We would we would celebrate Jesus in our life. But is it this, this reality in our life that we, as we think about who Christ is, live out our lives hoping to touch the world the way Jesus has impacted us? And I know that that's why in 1999 when I first heard that song, I got chill bumps as I thought about this reality that 
that, that God has so greatly impacted my life, but I was challenged with this, this thinking that maybe I'm not impacting the world the way Christ has impacted me, but knowing as a child of God that I've been called to proclaim the gospel and also to put on display the gospel, or that is the good news of Jesus. And so it's really challenging for us to think about. When we look into Scripture, we see some really profound things and profound truths. And one of the most profound truths that we see in the the book of Acts is, is the reality that Jesus calls us, calls us, listen to this, to finish the work that he has started. Jesus calls us to finish the work that he has started. In Acts, he says this in, in, in chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you will receive the power, and that's the power that we were talking about earlier, the power of God. You'll receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and, in, and to the ends of the earth. And so this is what we would recognize as the Great Commission where Jesus himself has called us to go out and to proclaim the gospel and to put on display the gospel that leads people to Jesus Christ. This morning, the message is titled, Serve. The message is titled, Serve. And obviously, we want to look at what it means to serve Christ, to serve his kingdom, because if he has indeed done so much for us, then why wouldn't our heart's desire be to give back or to serve him in the same capacity. And so this morning we want to look at this. We're turning to 1 Peter chapter 4. If you have your Bibles or your electronic device, go ahead and and turn there. 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to look at two verses here this morning, verses 10 and verse 11. Verses 10 and verse 11. But for any true disciple, serving is not an option. It's not that we would really serve out of dutiful obedience. I don't know that that's really honoring to God, but rather serving should be something that is on the heart of every disciple of Christ. And so as children of God, it's really not an option that we, that we don't serve. In fact, the Bible talks about every believer having a gift or a spiritual gift that God has in, bestowed upon them that they would be able to use that gift for his glory And the gospel says this, it says that the Son of Man did not come to to be served, but to instead serve, speaking of Jesus. And so if Jesus came to serve, then he is setting for us that ultimate example of servanthood. He is setting for us the the example of serving others. And and, and we know that when Christ went to the cross, when he died on the cross, that that was the the ultimate act of sacrifice and the ultimate way that he could serve us by dying on the cross, being buried in a tomb, but then in three days having victory over sin and death by being raised from the grave. And so we know that this was the ultimate way that he could serve us. And, And as believers in Christ Jesus, we recognize that serving is not an option. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this, and we'll use this as a bit of a springboard to dive into the, the text today, but it says this, all of you as Christians, all of you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so we see this, this reality that as, as believers, and in Corinthians, Paul is writing to the local church, and he says, all of you have these gifts. All of you as believers in Christ Jesus have been called to a higher 
purpose and, and, and calling to serve and use your gifts. And so how do we become the hands and feet of Christ? How do we ensure that we are serving uh, our Lord and Savior? And, and, and this is what we want to look at here this morning. So read with me, if you will, verses 10 and 11 of 1 Peter chapter 4. It says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You know, for much of my life as a young man, especially growing up in the life of the church, for me, church was or, or Christianity was about just going to church. I mean, I, I think at a very early age, I grew up and hearing that, you know, if you're a Christian, you go to church. And so that's what a lot of times we did. We went to church, and even as a young man being married and beginning to have children, to me, my Christianity was attending a worship service on Sunday morning and every now and then throwing in Sunday school on top of that. And so for me, that was Christianity. I didn't really know Christianity any differently than that. And I remember one year uh, as a young man when the church came to me and they asked me if I would begin to teach a class uh, of third grade boys. And, and the program that they were doing, I think some churches still do this, was called Royal Ambassadors. It was called RAs for short. And, and in Royal Ambassadors, it's a focus on missions. And basically what you do is you're teaching third graders, or for me, I would be teaching third graders about the many different missionaries that were serving all over the world and you would sort of highlight a different missionary every week and you would tell their story and you would talk about how God is using them to impact their, the world. And, and so you would talk about this and then you would gather those boys together and you would, you would pray for those missionaries. And it was, a, it was a really interesting time in my life because at that point in my life, I really didn't understand servanthood. I didn't understand what it meant to go out and really proclaim the gospel. And so just having the opportunity to pour into these third graders, it was really challenging for me because I began to realize I wasn't living out what I was teaching them that we should be living out. And, and it, was, it was very convicting for me as a, as a young man, just really beginning to understand what it meant to serve God, to, to go out and, and, and to be a part of the church instead of just simply attending the church. And so uh, this morning as we dive into this, I, I want to share with you three capacities in which we can serve the church, okay? Three capacities in which we can serve the church. Here at Crosspoint, here's how we say it, and we believe that the Bible teaches us this as we look into Scripture, but we would say this here at Crosspoint, that as believers in Christ Jesus, we should serve our church, serve our city, and serve our world. This, we feel, is, is a very biblical mandate for us as a church, but specifically also for us as individuals. And so we want to dive into the Word here this morning and look at this. To serve Christ by, by serving your church, your city, and your world, sometimes, you know, a, a lot of times we do that as individuals, but in other times we are called to collectively come together so that we can have a greater impact, and that's what we're going to ultimately talk about here in this message, but, but as we look at this, we, we begin to see this first element, 
serve your church. Look at verse 10 with me, how this sort of starts off, how this begins in verse 10. It says this, as each has received the gift. And remember now, Peter is writing to believers. He's not just writing a book for anybody to read. He's writing to disciples or followers of Christ. We know this because at the beginning of this letter, he says, to all the believers who are in exile. So we know that he's writing to believers. He's writing to disciples of Christ. And as he's writing to them, he says this. He says, as each of you has received a gift, okay, as each one of you has, has become followers of Christ Jesus and God has bestowed that spiritual gift upon your life, he says this. He says, use it to serve who? To serve one another. To serve one another. And so we immediately begin to sense in this, in this passage that we're looking at here today that there's this calling for us to come along beside one another and to serve each other as each has different gifts. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are preachers. Some of us are, are life group leaders in this capacity. And some of us are pouring into the children. Some are pouring into the students. And, and, and we're making disciples by serving one another. It's this idea of iron sharpening iron, no doubt. But it's also this reality that as the church, we are doing life together. And as we do life together, we begin to serve one another. It's about caring for each other. It's about being a part of each other's life. And so we see this. See, they're learning about the same thing, and they're excited. Some of you, I just got to say, one day I'm going to take a snapshot. Some of you have that sour face this morning, okay? And so I'm really kind of pushing through this, but I hear them, and there's so much joy in my life. I mean, they said, hey, how many of you want to serve? You know, anyway, but I got the adults, right? I got the moms and the dads here today. So let's, uh, let's press through this and try to be excited about Jesus this morning, okay? Can we be excited about Jesus? Amen. There you go. You know, won't it be awesome this morning if the kids go, Mom, Dad, what were y'all doing over there? We heard y'all. Y'all sounded like a bunch of children. Now, it's awesome. But here, here we see that the passage starts off really challenging us to take the gift that God has given us and to serve one another, to do life together. And that's such a beautiful thing. I love what Hebrews 6.10 says. It says this. It says, For God is not, un uh, is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown in his name, look at this, in serving who? the saints, as you still do. And so here we begin to realize that there is a real calling placed on every one of our lives here this morning. If you are here today and you are a believer in Christ Jesus, if you are a disciple, if you're a child of God, then in some way you should be serving others within the context of a local body all for his glory. That's just a reality. And so here we see this. You know, one of the things that I'm so thankful for each and every week when I walk into this place is seeing those who are serving 
in, in what we would call the first impressions team, those that are standing in the hallways greeting people as they walk in the door, those that are serving at the welcome desk, those that are serving in the coffee shop. And then you move throughout the halls and you begin to see those who are serving in the way of checking in children as they arrive and those who are going to be teaching the children and those who are going to be rocking the babies. And you see all these that are serving. We also know that throughout the week we have life group leaders who are serving every week just opening up their homes and and we have people who are pouring into the different ministries here at the church. It's such a beautiful thing when the church comes together and embraces the mission of Christ in that we begin to not only do life together, we begin to serve one another. And so here we see this being carried out. Here's, here's something that we should all be aware of, very, very much aware of. It, <clears throat> excuse me, is that the measure of our greatness is not by how many people served us, but rather by how many people we serve. The measure of our greatness is not by how many people ultimately serve you, but by how many you serve. That's just a reality. That's what the Scripture's teaching us here as children of God. The other capacity in which we can serve is by serving our city. By serving our city. We, we are here today, and, and unless you are visiting from out of town, we are probably pretty much rooted into this community. If you're a college student, you, you're here for a season. And oftentimes, I think maybe we might use that to not fully plug in, but, but for whatever reason, we're here and we are rooted in this community, whether it's for a time or for forever. And, and so here we are, we're in this community, and we see as we look at all of Scripture that we are also called to, to impact our cities. We looked earlier at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and it says this, You shall be my witnesses. And then we read that, and it says, You shall be my witnesses in who? In Jerusalem. This is where it begins. The place in which we are rooted you know, for the early church, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, you know, right before he ascended into heaven, he told them to go back to Jerusalem. He says, go back to Jerusalem. And he's, he's about to ascend into heaven, and he tells them, he says, you shall be my witnesses. And he says, in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth, we'll look at that in a moment. But he says, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, this community in which they are already rooted, which they are grounded, which they are uh, they, are, they are living in, and so he challenges them to understand that they are called to serve their city. I believe the greatest way that we can serve our city is by reaching our city for Christ Jesus, by going out and proclaiming the gospel, by going out and demonstrating the gospel in our own community. I believe that is the greatest way that we can serve our community. Just this week, I got a phone call from one of our life group leaders and I was in a meeting, and so I, I saw the number, and I, I, I didn't know why he was calling. You know, there's all kinds of things that go in your mind. When somebody calls, you think, well, maybe there's a problem, or maybe somebody's hurt, or maybe somebody's in the hospital, or maybe he just has a question. Or maybe he wants to call up and say, Pastor David, I just want to give you a million dollars. I don't know. I mean, you just never know, right? But you see the phone call, and I, and I saw the phone call, and, and I was in this meeting, so I couldn't answer it right away. But afterwards, I, I went out from the meeting, and I, I called him back, and and, and he began to share, and I could tell right away, boy, he was excited about something. So it must be the million dollars, right? No, it wasn't. Uh, the, the reality was, it, it was, he had just, just gotten finished sharing the gospel, the good news of Christ Jesus. He'd just gotten through sharing his faith with this 
this person who was, who was really trying to understand who Christ was. And this guy ended up giving his life to Christ Jesus. Can we celebrate another salvation just this week? Here comes a tech guy, so there must be something wrong. You want to turn me off? So I got to... That's something other than... Are we good? I'm scared to talk. <laughs> That was crazy. Like there was tinfoil in there and a little mouse running around or something. But anyway, this, this life group leader, he, he called and he wanted to share that this guy had given his life to Christ. And his exact words was this, Pastor David, I feel like just doing backflips. He was so excited about what God was doing in his life. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever had the opportunity to share the gospel and see someone who surrenders to Christ Jesus and knowing that their lives have been forever impacted by the presence of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing greater. There's nothing greater. Here's a man, a young man, serving his city, serving his community, serving those in the church. And it's such an, just an amazing thing to see this. You know, you know, here's the thing. As we think about serving our city, I think it's very important that we understand this. Our goal has never been to build a big church. Our goal has always been to displace lostness. You understand that? Our goal is not to, to grow a gigantic... Yeah, praise God for that. It's not to grow a big church. You know, if we, if we share the gospel and people come to know Christ Jesus and people come to know Him as their Lord and Savior, the result is the church may grow, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to go out into a community who desperately needs Jesus Christ and to share the gospel in such a way that lost is displaced. Lostness is taken over by the Holy Spirit of God. That lives are changed and hearts are forever changed. And so this is what we see as we look into the gospel. We see where Matthew 16, uh, Jesus says this. He says, I will build my church. He says, I will build my church. And he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But by the time we get to Matthew 28, what do we see? We see that he says this, and you will be my witnesses. You will, you will go out and you will make disciples of all nations. So our role is just simply to make disciples. It's his role to build the church. This is Jesus. This is the work of God in our life and among us as we come together, as we, as we believe that that God has called us together to accomplish a greater work than we could ever accomplish on ourselves, and we go out into this community, we begin to see God use us as instruments in the Redeemer's hands, and we see lives changed, and we see Jesus continue to build His church. It's a beautiful thing when we can serve our church and we can serve our city. And here's the last one. The final capacity in which we serve is by serving your world. Serve your world. In Acts 1.8, it concludes with this. It says, with Jesus, it concludes with Jesus saying this, you will be my witnesses, telling me people about me everywhere. I love that. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And so God is calling the church to serve in such a capacity 
that the gospel message of Jesus would go out away from even the community in which they live. The gospel message of Christ would go out in such a way that it would even have an impact on the ends of the earth. Now, where's the ends of the earth? Well, that's as far as you can go. That's all I know. It's way on out there, right? And so here we see that, that Jesus is calling us to not only to serve our church and serve our city, but to serve our world. For us, the, the, the call is to carry this great commission. And, and, and we must be intentional and we must be committed to this because this is the great commission that Christ has given us. One of the greatest ways that we can participate in reaching our Judea and our Samaria is through church planting. You know, as a, as a church here, we have an opportunity to assess and to train and to equip and to coach and ultimately even send out church planters into the world. And so we have the opportunity here in Valdosta to make a difference from L.A. to Boston. I mean, we have the opportunity to make a difference in our Judea and our Samaria. One of the greatest ways that we can that we can uh, reach the ends of the earth is by partnering with other organizations like the International Mission Board and Pioneers and so many other great missionary uh, partnerships that are available to us to, to partner with them, to go on missions, to, to go and be a part of the, of the great commission that God has given us as believers in Christ Jesus. Next week, Darren's going to be preaching on what it means to go. And so we can go. And I understand that oftentimes we are constricted and we can't all go. Maybe for whatever reason, not all of us can go, but we can certainly give financially. We can give through prayer. We can give in so many other We can participate in so many other ways than just simply going. But some of us in this room will be called to go. We'll be going this next summer to places like Honduras. We'll be going to places uh, like Boston and Chicago. We'll be going to places all over this country on missions. Some of us will be here working our city. Some of us will be here working our church because God has equipped us to do these things. Now this morning, I want to kind of wrap up by answering three questions that I think are very important. Here's the first question. Why do we serve? Why do we serve? Why do each and every one of us find our place here and why do we serve? Look at verse 11 with me, if you will. In verse 11, it says this. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong the glory. We serve to bring glory to God. We serve as Christians and disciples because it's what we are called to do, to bring glory to God. The Bible teaches us that in whatever we do, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do it all for the glory of God. And so we serve in whatever capacity God has equipped us to serve. We serve that we may ultimately bring glory to God. That we may lift high the name of Jesus. That others would come to know Him. That through our actions in serving, we would put on display the gospel. The gospel story of Jesus. Where can we serve? There are so many different places you can serve. You can serve your church, your city, your world. You can plug into many of the different opportunities we have here in the church if you want to be a part of that. You can plug into 
the ministries here at the church like Bub's ministry and Bumper Bag Ministry where we have an outreach to our community. You can take a mission trip around the world, whatever. But there are so many places that you can serve. Several of our life groups are already planning their mission trips to go uh, to some, some different places on missions as a life group. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to, to come together as a life group and to go out together, those whom you're already doing life with together, those whom you're already serving in different capacities and going out into a place that is different than here to impact lives that are there. So we serve to bring glory to God. There's so many different ways that we can serve, but how do we get plugged into serving? This morning, some of our middle schoolers and staff are right through those doors right there. Right out those doors into our Next Steps area, there will be a group of people who are ready to help answer all your questions on how you can serve God by using your gifts for His glory. They are waiting for you to come out there and to, to, to just ask whatever questions are on your mind to, to help plug you into the opportunities that we have to serve. In two weeks, on November the 6th, following this service, following the second service, we're going to have in the church here a volunteer orientation. If you, if you are wanting more information about how you can be a part of what God's doing in this place, then you stick around. You make plans to have lunch with us next week. Now, if you're serving in four different areas, don't come for the free lunch, okay? This is for those that aren't currently serving, but we want to help you plug in. We want to help you to not just be those who come to church, but are the church. As you use the gifts that God has given you for His glory. Verse 11 says this, In order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to Him belong the glory. That's why we serve. That's why we do what we do as believers in Jesus Christ. In just a moment, I'm going to pray, and when I do, You'll have an opportunity after that to respond in whatever way God is calling you to respond. Maybe for you this morning, you want to come and just spend some time in prayer. You know, I think one of the things I was praying for this morning in the first service was just praying, thanking God for the students that we have in this church, the student ministry that we have in this church, that they would be challenged and that they would embrace the calling to serve. Could we just thank Jesus for that this morning? Maybe, maybe you're a parent here this morning, and, you know, I, I can't think of a better thing to do than to pray for your children. Maybe this morning your greatest act of worship is beginning a journey with Him by giving your life to Christ Jesus. Maybe it's surrendering to baptism. Maybe it's surrendering to partnership. You know, desiring partnership, to belong to the church, to be a part of the church. Maybe it's to even surrender to a calling that God has placed on your life to be a church planner or missionary or 
a worship leader. You know, one of the things that's just so beautiful to me is that this morning, you know, I think it's interesting that, that the students are going through the M now, the title of it is Voices, and Spence lost his voice this week. But you know what's so phenomenal? Is that we had three individuals up here leading us in worship, and we even have another at the keyboard who, these four were all a part of our church who have been sent out to other communities to take with them everything that God has taught them here in this place. And, and I'm so thankful that for us as a church that our ultimate, most effective way of measuring success in ministry is not by how many we see, but how many we send out. And that they would come into this place to visit like they have this week and be prepared to lead us in worship. They'll forever be a part of our faith family. But maybe God is calling some of you this morning to surrender to missions, to ministry, to church planning. Who knows? But this morning, we have an opportunity to come to this altar and to pray and ask God, to continue to lead us and guide us as children of God and to surrender to that, that calling that He has placed on our life to be servants. Jesus taught us how to serve. He set the example. How do we respond? Father, we thank You for this day. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our life and, God, all that God, all that you have called us to. And, Lord, what a privilege it is to have an opportunity to, to serve you. Father, just thinking back in my own life when there was a time in my life when I just thought Christianity was about going to church. And I look back at all the, the blessings I've missed out on, God, just because it took me so long to figure it out. But Christianity is not about going to church. Christianity is about being the church. And so, Father, I pray this morning as we wrap up this service, God, that we would all be just incredibly encouraged by the great love that you have for each and every one of us and that today we could recognize, God, that everything that happens in this place and even as you use us in the streets, God, it's not about us. It's about you. And Father, I pray that this morning as we wrap up this service that God did that which is stirring our hearts and our souls is a great passion. To bless you through our actions and to ultimately touch the world like you have touched us. Father, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name.